everyone. Welcome to Dreadnought Monday. Welcome back. Today we're here with Sheila Logan. I'm excited for this conversation. I've been waiting a while to get on here and the schedule's finally worked out. Um, Sheila, I appreciate you jumping on and taking the time and looking forward to this conversation. You bet. I'm excited to be here, Kenny. We've, uh, you're a pretty cool, cool guy. I like hanging out with you. Well, thank you. Likewise. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, introduce yourself a little bit, give a little bit of background of what you do and whatnot, and um, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, like you said, my name is Sheila Logan, and I am I have a woman's network, and I love working with single women and military wives to help them realize their success. Um, oftentimes, you'll see that this is a, I call kind of call them the forgotten group. You know, if you hear somebody saying they want to do a service, you don't often hear them talk about that group of, of women, and you won't hear that group of women asking for help because it takes something from us when we have to ask for help you know, once we get all those balls in the air. And so that my, my purpose in life and my passion is helping uh, single moms and military wives realize that they can be successful, even though they have to be mom and dad most of the time. And um, I'm a mother of five right now. I'm single, won't be after a little while, but um, I absolutely just think that my kids are the best thing that I have ever done. And uh, so, yep, that's me. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Just found out that you're recently engaged, so congratulations on that. It's exciting. Thank you. Adventure in your life. Yes. <laughs> so, um, with Yes Women's Network, you said that's helping um, military wives and families and whatnot. And you mentioned also like um, decision making. Let's get into that. Um, how do you help them, or what what prompted you to start that? You know, just versus like other focuses or whatever. Sure. I um, am a digital marketer by trade. That's kind of what puts foods on the table and pays the rent and things like that. So um, I, I love doing that. My, you know, I love building websites and doing branding, all of that. But I found that it was taking away uh, some of my spirit. In some way, it made me feel just unfulfilled. You know, it was just I'm doing it to make money, even though I love doing it. I felt like there was something missing. I also realized that um, the business that I had built, which was named after me, could never be sold. And no one ever wanted to work with anyone I hired. So there was no way for me to grow. So I kind of had found myself reaching this ceiling of, I can only make so much money, um, you know, doing this under my own name and my own brand. And I also just did not feel fulfilled. And so I, um, contacted a mentor of mine, Brooks Gibbs, and we talked for probably two weeks. And over that time, what he helped me realize was that my true passion is really helping uh, women and specifically women entrepreneurs, but also single women and military wives find a way to be able to help support their families from home. And so over that two week period, we decided that what my very favorite thing to do would be to help women through that moment when they find themselves saying, oh crap, now what? And so he asked me, well, what's the opposite of that? And I said, well, it's kind of like if you lose your keys and you're in a hurry and you can't find them. And when you finally do, you say yes. And that's how we decided to name my woman's network. Yes. Women's network. And, um, I've kind of dubbed that Y E S into you experience success. And what I like to do is I have provided a community for women that they can find trusted and reputable, reputable resources that can empower them. There's so many, uh, people out there that are good at branding and marketing and make you think they're really good coaches or mentors or service providers. And then you start working with them and you find out they're actually not. So my goal is to be able to have them have a place where they can go and find those resources they may need. 
Um, and so we're, we're also partnering with other women's networks to provide what they have to offer as well. So they can come to one place, find everything they need. We are um, licensing out the brand so that areas will be able to license it. And then even brand ambassadors within local areas will be able to use the brand and have meetings and talk and learn and get to know each other and be a support to each other. So it's really just a community of support. And believe it or not, we have about 5% men in our group. I have a, quite often the men that want to be part of it too. So it's not just for women. We do have quite a few men coming in and helping support that as well. That's awesome. It's so important that they have that good community relationship. You know, and I think to go along with the, the resources that you provide, you know, they find out that they have their own resources that they can contribute as well. You yeah. know, like I said, in that networking, oh, this, this person's really good at this, and this person's really good at this. So, and I just met this person, and she is fantastic at this. Yep. You know, and then it also um, helps build their confidence as well, you know, and being willing to provide that service for others and just grow that network and that community. So that's awesome. Yeah. One of my uh, things that I like to give people is my, oh crap, now what, core 100. And basically what that is, is a list of 100 people or places or things that can help you when you get find yourself in a bind, right? So, and this actually goes to decision making. If you find yourself in a situation where you're not quite sure what to do, who to call or things like that, you would go to your, oh crap, core 100 and find you may have doctors on there, friends, family, you know, um, your car repair guy, I'm helping trying to help my son find somebody to repair his car, you know, it'd be nice to have all of those kind of emergency backup people, the core 100 people that if you find yourself in a bind, you'd be able to contact them. And so having those resources available sure makes your life a whole heck of a lot easier. I can tell you that for sure. Absolutely. You know, especially those people that you could call at three o'clock in the morning if you're in a major bind like that. Exactly. Yeah, there's a few of those and you do need to have those on hand. It never fails, Kenny, that uh, children always get sick at two in the morning. <laughs> oh, always. Or, or they'll, they'll wait until just after the, the doctor's office closes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the truth of it. So you mentioned decision making and we talked a little bit off camera about it before. You know, I know a lot of people are are hesitant to make some decisions, especially bigger ones. Because, you know, what if I don't know what I'm doing, or what if I mess up, or what if I whatever? You know, um, let's talk a little bit more about that. How do, you, how do you help people make a decision? Or, you know, you mentioned you have those resources they could reach out to, but. Yeah, you know, making decisions, I'll be honest with you, is, is such a struggle for me. And this is one of the reasons why I love talking about this. You know, teachers teach what they need to learn the most, right? Um, this most recent decision um, of getting engaged is one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. And what it came down to for this decision was for me to finally just accept making a decision and then feeling it out after. So really confidently and with courage, making that decision and seeing how I felt after. So my dad's always told me, if you have to make a decision, consider the options, right? So I actually, um, when I became divorced about a year and a half ago, I sat down and wrote these huge pros and cons lists for should I date or not, because I was terrified of it. And I, you know, I have five children. Oh, there's only one left at home, but why would I or why would I not 
do these things. And I mean, it's like four or five pages. And what it came down to is actually one question for me. So if you can find that one piece of information that can help tip the scales one way or the other, for me, someone asked me, are you prepared to be alone the rest of your life? And now that pros and cons list just went out the window and I knew what I needed to do. When I got engaged, it was kind of the same thing where I had this one thing that made me finally just like tip over the edge and make that final decision. And once I made the decision, you know, I just felt so much peace and everything just started falling into place and all the chaos went away. So what we need to remember is the build up to the decision is the hard part. Once you make that decision, you're either going to have a peaceful, calm feeling or you're going to feel like puking. If you feel like puking, you made the wrong decision. And the fact is, is that we can make decisions and it still may lead down a road that we don't uh, didn't quite plan on or we think, did we make the wrong decision because we ended up here? And if you take a look back at it, that even our own decisions, no matter if we decide to take the right or the left path, we run into other people that affect the outcome of our decisions as well. So what I have found about decision-making is, like I said, the chaos will happen before it. Make that final decision after doing your research, talking to the people you need to talk to, you know, really dive deep into that decision, especially the really big decisions. Then see how you feel after that decision and then just um, watch and see, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with uh, the right people that are supporting you and not people that are tearing you down. Um, but, you know, we all make decisions every single day. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, you need to listen to your heart. And oftentimes that chaos doesn't come from your heart. It comes from inside your head. And some, it's really hard to quiet down sometimes. Thank you. I like that. And I like um, <clears throat> the point of that. Just make it and then you'll, you know, that's the hardest part is leading up to that decision. You know, and obviously bigger decisions might require some more thought and research or whatever. But oftentimes what I've found, you know, um, listening to other mentors that I listen to is we spend so much time on decisions that it becomes um, obsolete. You know, like, <clears throat> well, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, and you spend so much time contemplating that that opportunity ends up going away, whatever that opportunity was or decision was. You know, so like you said, just, you know, just make a decision, go with your gut. And then if it doesn't feel right afterwards, then course correct. But, you know, um, how do you help people find that line where you don't spend way too much time making a decision, but you don't jump too quickly on more important decisions? You know, there's people that tell you go one way or the other or whatever. So sometimes, at least in my experience, that's a kind of walk a line in some of those. Right. So one of the things that my dad always taught us was the question is not, is this right or is that right? If you're asking that question, you haven't gotten to the point where you're ready to make a decision you have to figure those things kind of out on your own. And so for me, what I like to do when I'm working with someone is to just ask them a ton of questions. And it's really good to have somebody on the outside asking you questions as opposed to you just asking yourself questions. Because someone from the outside can always see everything that's going on or more that's going on than when you're in the weeds, right? If you're standing in the middle of the forest, it's hard to see your way out. But if somebody from the top of the forest is in like a helicopter, they can tell you 
what's around you better. And I, so I found that the people that I surround myself with, you know, what they say like, um, you are the sum of the top five people you spend your most time with. And if you are spending time with, uh, five people who are tearing you down, then, you know, let's make a change. But, um, going to those trusted people, writing your pros and cons list, asking those really hard questions. Um, it, it took me, uh, you know, several weeks to make some decisions and some I can make right away. But what I have found is when I get to this place where I'm kind of stuck, I can't ask any more questions. I think I've asked them all. I have all the pros and cons kind of worked out. I've asked my, my mentors or people I trust to help me and I've done research, whatever I needed to do. Once I've done all of that, really what it comes down to is you just have to buckle down and just decide. And you can't be a wimp about it. You can't say to yourself, well, I'll decide this and see how I feel because I'm still thinking about doing this. Then you still have not made a decision if you're doing that. You need to make a decision with conviction to know whether that, that uh decision was correct or not. And I don't know about you in your life, but every time I make a decision and it's the right decision, not only do I have that piece, but man, it just seems like all the pieces fall into place. So I'll give you another example. Um, when I was leaving my last marriage, it was a situation where I needed to pack up my kids and we took what we could fit in the car and we left. That decision was very difficult. It took me many, many months to make that decision. But once I finally said, this is what I want to do. And I realized that by doing this, I was actually opening the door to the prison that I felt like I was in. It like everything just laid out. I knew every single decision I needed to make. Uh, things just fell into place. The storage unit that I'd been looking for storage units for two months, all of a sudden became available. The plan for where would we go, where would we stay, what would we do, what would we do when he got back, where are we gonna put our stuff? All of the things actually just fell into place. Now that's not going to happen perfectly for everybody every time, but you will notice that your life will start to flow. Once you're, when you're in that pre-decision making, there's the chaos, you make, you know, do all the research and everything. And then you'll come to this point where you just can't, you can't go any further. You're kind of stuck. Make that decision with conviction and then start moving toward it and see what happens. And if you're just hitting a wall after wall after wall after wall, maybe reevaluate the decision or how you're managing the decision. But for me, whenever I make a decision, it seems like all of a sudden I feel this huge relief and things just start to flow again. So whenever I know that I've hit this kind of ceiling, like, you know, uh, I, I imagine it somewhat like if you were, you know, in a sinking ship and you're the water's coming up as you're making this decision, the water's coming up and you're just trying to find that little tiny pocket of air to breathe. That's the point you need to just really decide. Am I going to swim out or am I going to drown? You need to make that decision so you can move forward. Or like you said, you might lose the opportunity. Um, I've made a decision one time that um, I was given the opportunity when I very first started my own business to um, provide a resource for Fannie Mae. And that would have gone out to hundreds of thousands of realtors, which would have put me in hundreds of thousands of realtors in boxes and with the opportunity of making millions. And I, I made that decision because as I'm working up to, can I do this? I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And it just got to the point where I could barely get out of bed. And I was like, I can't say yes to this. It could have changed my entire life financially. It would have helped my children's life. It certainly would have taken my business 
like beyond the next level of what I thought the next level was. And it would have done it within one download, one one page sheet download is all it would have taken. And I just felt sick about it for days. And then once I said I couldn't do it, the relief went away, even though I felt like, man, I really missed out on a huge opportunity, but that would have altered the entire course of my life. And I'm looking back, I'm glad I didn't do it. I missed the millions of dollars I could have made. But, you know, if you're feeling sick about a decision you're making, chances are you might even be already have made that decision, right? Because like for me, I feel like I had already made the decision I, that I wanted to do it, but I knew I couldn't and it hurt to not do it because I knew what I was losing. So I was still fighting, do I or don't I, even though my whole being was telling me, you know, you can't do this. And well, I know I was capable of doing it, but for whatever reason, I wasn't, that wasn't the path that I was supposed to take. And then within two or three months, I had decided I didn't like working with realtors anymore. And so it was, it was a good thing at the end of the day, but it was a tough, tough decision. And it put me down. I mean, I was in a pretty deep depression by the end of those few days, fighting the decision that I already had known. There's just no way I can do it. Well, thank you. Yes. It's funny how, fate, destiny, whatever, things work out, you know, to help us make those decisions if we're in tune with, um, with our core values, with, um, you know, if you're a person of faith, your, your spirit. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's been many times that I've passed up opportunities, you know, just as an example you've um, described or whatever, but it it wouldn't have um, landed me where I am today. You know, I think of, you know, opportunities of um, business opportunities I could have had years ago and stuff, but I probably wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have the son that I had, you know, and I just can't think of not having my family. You know, and just a simple decisions like that. You know, it wasn't simple at the time, but, you know, could have altered my life completely, you know, and I'm so glad that I passed up those opportunities, you know, because they, they weren't right for me. Um, what, what um, do you find is one of the best ways to help people that, you know, are afraid of change, afraid of making decision, you know, they just can't quite get there. They, they struggle. They're like, I don't know. I talked to my mom and this is what she said. You know, you, yeah. you get all those stories, you know, I talked to my sister who's done something like this before or had it worked over there before or whatever. How do you help people do that? So basically this is kind of funny that you're asking me this because um, I'm in a situation right now where someone else is helping me through this. Um, I have come to this place where I don't know what decisions to make. There are, there are some things that are happening in my life right now. My mother's very sick. I have um, one child at home. If I go to North Carolina I, to take care of her, what do I do with my 16 year old? Um, I've got this wedding now to plan, which we moved up the date because my mother is so sick. We've moved up the date. And I, last night I actually told my fiance, I said, I don't even know what decisions to think about making. And I think once you get to that point, it's really important for you, like you said, to step back and look at your core values. 
and look at how your decision is going to affect other people. When it comes down to making a decision that affects other people, that's such a harder decision. And I find that that's when you get in that place where you're like, I don't know what decision to make or even the question to ask to make that decision. And so last night as I was talking to him about this and I said, I, I don't even know what to think about, what decisions to think about or what questions to ask. What am I supposed to do tomorrow? I just don't even know. And so for me personally, um, and what I find with a lot of my clients as well, is once you get to that point, check yourself physically. Find out, have you eaten? <laughs> this is actually the first question everybody asks me on a regular basis, have you eaten today? I often forget to eat. And then I go to bed at night and I've, you know, I'm like at nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, why am I so hungry? You're like, oh, you didn't eat anything today. And so check yourself, make sure you're eating, make sure you're getting enough rest. Your brain will actually stop working and slow down if you're not getting enough rest. In 2005, I was rear-ended um, by this guy who wasn't paying attention. I was at a stoplight, completely stopped, and he rear-ended me. And I um, apparently, because I had had all this pain, wasn't sleeping well at night. Well, a few months after that, I woke up one morning and I had lost 90% of my hearing. And it was very strange. And I thought, well, I just have an inner ear infection, whatever. A few weeks later, I finally went to the audiologist and he's like, you've lost 90% of your hearing. We're sending you to a neurologist to find out what happened so quickly overnight. And I was also falling over. Like I couldn't stand up straight. I couldn't keep my balance. And I had, um, I, I was shaking. So they checked for everything from MS to Parkinson's and all these different things. And finally said, um, they thought it was cochlear sclerosis where the bones in your ears harden. And they said, go get a hearing aid. And in a few months you may have completely lost your hearing. Well, I went and got hearing aids and then a few months later I woke up one morning and the hearing had come back that I started stuttering and I stuttered for a good few months and the neurologist finally figured out that all of these things were happening because I was not getting enough sleep. And so for me, I know for a fact last night, the reason that I couldn't think of what the questions were, what the problems were, what the future could hold, uh, I realized, you know, first off I hadn't eaten anything all day and I hadn't get, gotten enough sleep. So check yourself physically. If your brain kind of gets to that point where it's just not working at all and you're totally foggy, check yourself physically and see. Um, another thing to consider when you get to that, if you've checked yourself physically and you're, you know, you're feeling good that way, is to consider what you want in the future. Going back to where do I want to be when, whenever this situation I'm in is over? Do I want to be you know, on one side of the country while my child's on the other side of the country? Do I want to be there if my mother gets sicker and it could be my last chance to be with her? And my, you know, my teenager here, would she be okay without me? So by looking at the end results of those choices and not just the pros and cons, but like at the end of the day, if I made decision A as opposed to decision B, how will, excuse me, my, I have alarms that go off all day. Um, how would it have affected my life and those around me? And then you can start asking yourself those questions and maybe go back to your mother or your sister, whoever you're talking to, to say, you know what, this is where I want to be. So a lot of times the first question I ask my clients is where do you want to be in five years? And tell me your ideal day, your ideal month, and your ideal year. Everything from the dollar amount of money you want to make to how much time you want to make or work, 
to um, what do you want to be doing on a regular basis with your family? Where do you want to be living? What kind of lifestyle do you want to be living? If you ask all of those type questions and you work your way backwards, sometimes that can clear up that fog as well. Thank you. I really like how you pointed that out because you know I've I've found that in my own life and with a bunch of my my clients that if you're clear and um, dive deep into what you want, what you're picturing, it will help you make that decision. You know, I think of the, the little clip in Alice in Wonderland where she asks the Cheshire cat which way to go, and he's like, "Well, where do you want to end up?" Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, then it doesn't matter which path you take. Yep, exactly. But if you're if you're clear, then a lot of times, you know, when you're asking those questions, okay. Tell me about that day. Okay, tell me about that car. Tell me about whatever. Then most of the time, or a lot of times, the, the light clicks on, they're like, oh, okay, now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you know which decision you need to make. Yeah. You know, the or, thing is, is that, you know, when and you may find this too, whenever I'm working with a client, I can help them through something fairly um, easy. And then I'll find myself in the same situation and asking myself, why can't I get myself out of this situation? I just help my client through it. I know I can help people through it. I've been doing it for five years. Um, I, you know, I flip businesses. So I go in, I find out what's not working in their business and I help save them time and money. I look at my own business and I go, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure where to look or what to do, even though that's what I do on a regular basis. So look, finding someone who can actually ask you those questions, well, which way do you want to go? What kind of house do you want to live in? On my own podcast, we had Forbes Riley on our podcast, and she did some coaching with my co-host and I, and it actually made us kind of look like fools, but it was really kind of eye-opening at the same time. She asked us, what do you want? And I said, um, I want to have happiness. And she goes, okay. Let's pretend that you called up a Chinese restaurant and said, I'm hungry. I want food. What are they going to do? You know, you have to tell them I want number one, number two, and I'm going to be there at this time. And this is how, you know, so you need to know exactly what you want to be able to say and do what you want to do. So what it came down to was she was able to get us down. You know, Nate, actually, my co-host actually said, I want to fly the world on someone else's dime. She goes, well, a dime is very small. And you don't want to fly around the world on a dime. And so she made him get super specific in saying, I want to fly around the world in my own Learjet, making people happy, speaking and inspiring. You know, so she helped him get more specific. She helped myself get more specific. And by just simply asking that question, what do you want? And listening as we answered and then diving deep into our answer saying, okay, I understand that, but that's not really what you want. You can't just say, I want money. I want to be wealthy. You need to say, I want to have a million dollars in the bank and 500,000 that I'm investing. And I want to have, you know, my house paid off. Be specific about what you want. Because then when it comes down to those decisions that you have to make, you know, do I do A or B? Well, how's that going to affect the outcome of what I really want? And that can actually, you know, clear up some of those questions of, which direction should I go? Well, obviously, if I want to have a million dollars in the bank, I'm not going to go spend the 500 I already have. I'm going to work toward that million, right? So we all have a million dollars in the bank, so we don't have to worry about that. But think, <laughs> you know, looking at that, that end result, what do you really, really want in life? And um, it was interesting as Forbes was asking that question, what do you want? What do you want? And you start realizing that you actually want a lot more things that you're willing to 
uh, voice out loud. But the fact is, is if you put it in the universe, it will come to you. You know, I totally believe in the law of attraction. I believe that if you have something that you want and you go for it, you'll get it. It doesn't mean the universe is just going to drop it in your lap. It means that you are making the right decisions to get what you want. That's the law of attraction. You're attracting it by making those right decisions to reach that end goal. Thank you. I like that. You know, um, it makes me think of the analogy I've heard, you know, um, where people, like you said, with the, the Chinese restaurant, I want food. You know, somebody used the analogy of your car breaks down, you're stuck on the side of the road, you know, and he calls for help. Um, I'm on a road in Utah. No, you're <laughs> going to find out the mile post. You're going to say there, there's this tree over here. There's this rock over here, five miles from this exit, red car, white tail lights, whatever. You're going to be very specific. You want them to find you. You want to help or whatever. That's actually a lot better analogy because what that does is help you realize not only do you need to know that you were on your way to grandma's house and you still want to get to grandma's house and it's under 10 miles, but you need to know where you are, the starting point of where you are. So sometimes if you have to make a decision, you might say to yourself, um, you know, I want to have that million dollars in the bank. Should I do this or that? The first thing you want to find out is where am I right now? And is that possible for me? So that I actually like that analogy a little bit better because you, you can figure out where you are because, you know, you can't figure out where you're going to go if you don't know where you are either. Exactly. You have to have a, a base starting point, you yep. know. Um, and then when you talked about um, how you help businesses um, save time and money and you flip businesses, but a lot of times when you look at your own business, it made me think of what you mentioned earlier, where someone's in the forest and you got the other person in the helicopter, you're just reversed roles, you know. So it made me think how often we forget that, that sometimes we reverse roles. You know, we're the we're the mentor. We're the the people look person people look up to, but and we, sometimes we forget or we um, have a moment of pride where we don't want to be reaching out for help. We don't want to be the little guy and or whatever you know and not ask for help or or not admit that we we need that help or we need somebody in that helicopter helping us as well. Right. And I think oftentimes, too, we're not super honest with ourselves, are we? We don't want to admit that we have a problem. Um, my, my podcast actually talks about the messy back end of business, of entrepreneurship. And all of the questions that have been submitted to the show have all been submitted anonymously because everybody's afraid to admit they have a problem. And so that kind of happens behind closed doors with our mentors and our coaches. But the fact is that everybody has them, you know, Facebook and Instagram actually shut down my very first recording day for my podcast, where we're talking about how every business has a, a back end that's messy and our personal lives are messy. I was actually thinking today, cause I'm going to have to be moving here in about a month and a half. I'm looking at my drawer and I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at all these junk drawers I've got in my house. So we all have these, you know, back end, things that are going on in our lives. And a lot of times we don't look at them because we don't have time or the energy, but someone else can come along and say, well, you know, if you clean out that top drawer, then you can clean off your desk and that'll make your life easier. So you, if you have somebody looking at that where you're trying to 
uh, put aside the things that you don't have control over, especially as a single mom, you have to pick your battles. And so oftentimes my battles um, <laughs> aren't conducive to how other people parent. I often say yes, just so that I can have peace and quiet, not because that child deserved to be told yes as a teenager. You know, she wants to go take her friends or go to a friend's house using my car. I really probably should say no, but it's going to give me peace of mind. If someone else saw that from the outside, they may say, well, yeah, that's going to give you peace of mind right now, but next week and the week after that, and the week after that, you're going to have a spoiled child. So you have to look at all those things that, that people can see from the outside that you actually can't see because you're just in survival mode. You just want to make it through the day. You want to make that dollar. You want to work for the man. You want to um, keep your children happy and have dinner on the table, whatever you're looking at doing, that's your ultimate goal. But the decisions that you make all along up to that could change the next few days or, you know, your diet, you're eating healthy, you know, is my house clean? People come to the door, you know, that you don't expect, which doesn't happen anymore because of COVID, but, you know, looking at all the, every decision that you make affects not just that one moment, but, you know, down the road too. So, yeah. Thank you. And there was something else that uh, you, uh, um, when you're just mentioning the, the drawer and the desk and whatever, you know, um, it's, it's very important to break it down into steps and you know, all those decisions or whatever. You know, I've got to pack my house. You know, that's overwhelming. That's a huge process. You know, I don't have to do it for a while, but I don't want to. <laughs> I, know I hate much, moving. Yes. I, yeah, I, I hate it. But if you're like, okay, I need to focus on this drawer right here. And then I need to focus on this desk, you know, this, this drawer will allow me to work on this step and then this step. So breaking it down into manageable chunks, you know, I think helps quite a bit in those decision-making processes and getting that thing done. You know, once you make that decision, then you can break it down like you mentioned before. And then also, you know, just um, if you look at, turn it positively, you know, um, I don't want to admit that I have a problem. You know, instead of that, you can um, look at like other mentors, you know, take Tony Robbins, take Grant Cardone, take whoever, and realize they have mentors. Yep. You know, and they're really successful people, and they still have mentors. You know, like, okay, maybe it's not such a bad thing to admit that you have a problem and ask for help. You know, maybe it will help you grow or whatever to help, you know, just to kind of change that. Um, perspective on it and that mindset of I don't want to tell them I've got a problem look at my dirty drawer or look at my <laughs> dirty laundry basket over here or whatever yeah when we were when we were talking to um, Forbes Riley that day you know I said that you know that I mentioned that we had all these anonymous questions because everybody thought they don't you know they don't want to admit they have a messy back end and she said well even Richard Branson has a messy back end what happens when COVID hits you know, and all his planes are down. What happens when the FFA or FAA changes the flight regulations? What happens when his personal assistant quits? We all have those situations that uh, where outside influences especially affect our life. And if we are true to the course of the decisions that we've made and we're, we're going toward them courageously, then when those bumps in the road happen, they're a lot smaller than, um, than, if we're not prepared. So one of the things that she said is that, you know, very wealthy, successful people are just really good problem solvers. 
And um, I think that's just so true. If you can problem solve, you can look at your resources, you can really know where you want to go, then the decisions, even the big ones, become quite a bit easier because you already have those other things in place. Um, I was talking to um, my children last night and I, we were at the dinner table and I said, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna be on a podcast and we're talking about decision-making. I want all of you to tell me what your ideas are about decision-making. And um, one of them said, well, indecision is a decision. And that's the truth of it. And a lot of people forget that. So a lot of people will call it procrastination, putting things off, whatever it is, but that actually not deciding can actually cause you a lot more problems. So the reason that you and I actually got in touch was because you do financial planning with people, right? And so I came to you to help me with my finances. Now I'm, I'm great at bookkeeping and I have a great budget and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty careful with things. And we talked about that, but then you made quite a few more suggestions on top of that. I thought I was doing okay. And you showed me how I could do better. So realizing that I want to be in a good financial situation got me to a certain point, And then I needed to go ask for help by putting that, those, um, questions off by waiting too long to reach out to someone like yourself, maybe I could have been in a different financial situation earlier. So if you decide not to do something, that is a decision as well. Yeah. The, the saying hindsight's twenty twenty always pops up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all something uh, the other day that said, if you had purchased um, some of these stocks right when the market crashed that by this time, you would have like had X number of dollars. And so you, you really do have to like sometimes take risks and make big decisions. But if you know your end goal of what you really, really want to do, then those decisions don't become so hard. But yeah, looking back, I think for me, if I look back on my life and I consider the decisions I made, um, some of them were not the smartest decisions. Some of them were not great. Some of them, you know, kicked me in the tail and caused me problems. But I, I don't regret any of the decisions I've ever made in my life. I've had a very difficult life. And um, some of that has to do with my decisions. And some of it has to do with decisions on, of people who I've spent time with. But what it comes down to is I want to be who I am today without everything that I've been through. So don't forget, you know, outside of like shooting yourself in the foot, you know, when it comes to keep yourself safe, but realize that making decisions does make you who you are and the trials you go through do make you stronger and you find courage and success. And one of my favorite sayings is there's joy in strength and there's strength in joy and they feed off of each other. So if you can find the strength, you'll find joy. If you don't have strength, find joy and then you'll find strength. And you can do that by serving other people. And then when you're serving other people, that actually brings you up in the helicopter so that you're kind of over the top because you see your life differently when you're serving other people. And um, sometimes when you're serving other people, they help you with your problems too. So uh, yeah, if you can um, just decide to decide and know what you want, then you're going to be okay. I love that. You know, just sometimes you have to step back and put your, put yourself and your problems aside for a minute and go serve other people. And like you said, oftentimes you'll find the answer or you'll find the, the, the missing piece to that puzzle or the missing clue. You know, so I like that. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, Sheila, this has been an awesome conversation. 
I appreciate um, all your insight and knowledge that you shared and what you're doing to help others and to grow that community and serve others. So thank you for that. One, um, one more question. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about the YES Network or talk to you or um, get a hold of you and learn more about what you do? So you can find me at yeswomensnetwork.com or look me up on Facebook, Sheila J. Logan, and you should be able to find me um, or have a listen to my podcast, which is The Messy Back End of Entrepreneurship. And um, it's on just about every platform. I go to themessybackend.com and you can find the platform. But I have actually had people who aren't even in business tell me that uh, the podcast has helped them because it, you really have to realize everybody has a messy back end in one way or another. And it does help you with like, how do you make decisions in the first place? And so um, I think that's something that we're all going to struggle with forever because you, you don't know all the decisions you're ever going to have to make in your entire life. And so um, having that, that those resources and that network of people and understanding that you're not alone. Everybody has <laughs> issues and everybody runs into these same questions. And um, so I oftentimes have women come to me and they tell me their problems and I can actually say to them, I understand I've been there because I've been through so many different things. And when you talk to somebody who's been there, they can give you the best advice of everybody. So that's what I like about doing. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll put those links in the comments below with this. Um, again, Sheila, thank you for being here. Oh, we really appreciate it. And until next time. Mm -hmm.